Good evening, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever it is, depending on where you're at. Yeah, so some interesting stuff going on. Uh, and that was, uh, who was that? That was, uh, let's see, that was uh, uh, the song Chapstick by Coin. Interesting track. Anyways. So there's been a lot going on. Um, I hate to go back to Florida again, but it's still in the news. And, and it's in the news in an interesting way with Disney because when people feel attacked by Disney, especially online sleuths, online uh, personalities, they start doing investigations, right? They start investigating, they start looking into, okay, you're going to fight this this gay bill or uh, this what you're calling anti-gay bill. You're going to get involved in politics. Well, we're going to dig up all your skeletons, right? That's kind of what happens. Right. People, militant people online, they start seeing it as an attack and they start going, uh, oh, well, let's see what you've been up to. And, <laughs> and it's not looking good for Disney. It's not looking good in many, many, many ways. Now, in context, we know if you have a big corporation with uh, like I believe we were reading a statistic the other day that said that there were 65,000 people employed at Disney World alone. That's a lot of people. You're going to have a lot of problems. You're going to have uh, rapists. You're going to have abusers you're gonna have everybody on your payroll um and it's just something that's unavoidable when you're dealing with that amount of people right i mean how do you exactly screen for that that's a whole different debate a whole different conversation um but you know the skeletons are coming out of the closet with disney uh especially from some uh, uh conservative people out there and I, I saw this tweet let me just show you this tweet and it said, Disney has had employees arrested for child sex crimes in 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22. Well, that's a pretty bold claim, right? And so I started Googling. And let me stop this music. I didn't realize it was still playing. Yeah, I know you guys couldn't hear it. I could hear it. So Disney, this guy's claiming, allegedly, the real Chris Rufo, okay, he's verified, apparently, he's got the little check mark, uh, he's complaining that since 2012 to 2022, every year, Disney has had some people, so I was like, oh, come on, come on, uh, you know, I, I know they've had a handful here and there, I've seen at least five over the, you know, last 10 years, but I started Googling, and, uh, you know, I know this is an alleged statement, and I'm definitely going to clarify that by calling it allegedly. But you start looking in the news, you start Googling a little bit, and stuff starts popping up like crazy. Like this story right here. Um, whoa, what happened? What, what, what's going on here? Oh, eh. oh, here we go. Uh, this is um, talking about this is on uh, 2019. Trial looms for Disney Cruise Line employee accused of fondling boy aboard ship. This is in Miami-Dade County, Florida. It seems like what I have found is that as I'm looking through this, it seems like the cruise ships, they got a lot of stuff going on on their Disney family cruise ships. Um, those 
these cruise ship employees, they seem to pop up uh, quite frequently. But Oliver Lovett, a 25-year-old man from England, was arrested earlier this year. According to the Miami Herald, he is charged with two counts of lewd and lascivious battery on children under the age of 12. Lovett was working with children at the Oceaneer Kids Lab aboard the Disney Magic, according to the Miami Herald. Now, we don't have to get into all the details. Uh, let's, let's pull up another story. So I pull up this one. And when is this? This is uh, August 4th, 2021, and talks about Disney employees, registered nurse, among others, arrested to undercover operation targeting child predators. And what did it say down here? Uh, da, 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 uh, um, according to Polk County Sheriff's Office, the suspects used social media to communicate and solicit who they thought were children between the ages of 13 and 14. But instead, the suspects were met by undercover law enforcement officers who were online posing as children. Uh, three of the people right here, here, here we go. Three of the people arrested in the operation were Disney employees. One of the suspects flew across the country from Los Angeles. Okay. So this is a sting operation. And in that sting operation, three out of the, what was it? 22 were Disney employees. Here's another one. Let's just keep on going. Now this is back. Uh, this is a, another ex Disney cruise officer was ordered not to report molestation. So this is a whole nother story about this allegations from a Disney security uh, on the cruise ship uh, saying that they were told not to report this to the authorities. And I quote from this interview, I just happened to blurt out, wow, they did the right thing. This is her response into watching them uh, arrest somebody that Disney security on the cruise ship actually turned in. Uh, anyways, Taplin, a former Disney Cruise Line security officer, she was pleased the company immediately reported Sofian's alleged behavior to the U.S. authorities, something that did not occur when she investigated a similar child molestation case on the same ship two years earlier. In August 2012, an 11-year-old girl reported that a Disney dining server grabbed her breasts and kissed her in an elevator on the Disney Dream. And I quote, she was crying. She was still upset, said Taplin, who interviewed the girl shortly after the victim and her grandmother notified guest services. Taplin, a 17-year veteran police officer who had investigated other sex crimes in her prior job at the Palm Bay Police Department, was troubled to watch video of the attack on the ship's surveillance camera. She said, it's not the first time I've cried on cases, but she's literally trying to get away from him. You see her kicking her legs, trying to pull away from him. So she's commenting on this surveillance video that they had of this Disney employee on a cruise ship uh, going after a young girl. Here's another story. At least 35, okay, 35 Disney World employees have been arrested since 2006 over alleged child sex offenses, according to an investigation. The suspects have included a ticket seller, a concierge at a trainee tour guide at the Florida resort, and even a night shift manager accused of watching child porn at work while he wrote a church sermon. Uh, there's all kinds of just wrong going on in this. Police caught many in stings modeled on the TV show to catch a predator, which undercover officers receiving explicit messages before the suspects agreed to meet at home in a rig with rig cameras. Anyways, but there's a whole thing going on here. Uh, they actually got the video uh, of this fat bastard uh, being arrested, a Disney employee. Uh, let's see. Here's another article. Patrick Holgerson, 32. Joel Torres, 32. And Robert Kingsolver, 49, all listed their employer as Walt Disney World. And this is regarding uh, a Lake County sexting uh, that netted 22. This was in, where's the date on this? I don't say. Oh, here it is. Uh, May 25th, 2018. So, 
Needless to say, you start putting your nose where it doesn't belong, Mr. Chapek, and uh, you, you get you get people that start coming after your company and kind of start questioning the, to the fact of why are you having such a problem uh, with your employees always getting caught in these little uh, um, stings or, you know, cruise ships, all this other kind of stuff. It's just a, it's just a bad vibe. And, you know, I talked about Chapek yesterday. And I was saying how, you know, uh, regarding the whole getting involved in the Don't Say Gay Bill down in Florida and Disney, they just need to just mind their own business. They're they're a children's family entertainment company. And, um, you know, why are they getting involved in politics? Well, it seems as though I'm not the only one that thinks this. This is according to DisneyDining.com, uh, but it's, a, it's, it's from Disney Insiders. Anyways, here's the article. It says, Disney insiders believe Bob Chapek could be out as CEO in just 11 months. That's when the first term of his contract ends. In February 2020, Bob Iger officially stepped down from his role as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. In his place was Bob Chapek, the former chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products. Bob Iger was one of the most popular CEOs Disney has ever had, so Chapek had some pretty big shoes to fill. We know this. But let's get down to the meat and potatoes of why they don't believe this group of people or whoever it is. Um, anyways, they're, they're saying here that JPEX contract will be up with Disney in just 11 months. And there are some Disney insiders who think that if JPEX continues down the path he is currently on, his contract will not be renewed. Those insiders spoke to The Hollywood Reporter on the condition of anonymity and spoke about how JPEX was views, viewed with the company per the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, so here we go. Here's the quote. As my phone rings, the last minute postponement of the company's management retreat. So they had this big management retreat. Uh, it's just like a, it's like a, the big prom, all the big top people of Disney, all this kind of stuff. It had been postponed, but they just did it. Uh, the last minute postponement of the company's management retreat set for Orlando the last week of March struck one Disney veteran as ominous. This was Chapek's big moment post Iger to assert his leadership and vision in front of the top 300 executives worldwide. This person says these events at Disney are like political rallies, coronations, sports camps, and proms all wrapped up in one. The postponement is not necessarily fatal, but very serious and destabilizing. He says the event has yet to be rescheduled, but Chapek still held a two day meeting for investors. Now here's where we get to the meat and potatoes. The fallout over Chapek's initial position on Florida's so-called don't say gay bill legislation, which was to not take a position, which I said yesterday that they should just mind their own business. And apparently a bunch of other investors and executives in Disney agree the same. Anyways, their initial stance to not take a position added to the growing unease within Disney and in the creative community about Chapek's leadership. He is known as a top-down manager, more of a talker than a listener. It's funny how many people have said to me, it's such a giant mess, but I'm not surprised, says another longtime Disney insider. That's part of what makes it difficult to recover from. Uh, then they go down here. Uh, while many guests, Disney fans, and cast members may want to see Disney CEO gone, we've heard about this. A change.org petition for his removal has over 100,000 signatures. Uh, the decision of whether Chapek stays or goes ultimately lies with the Disney's board of directors. The board is made up of mainly former CEOs who have never run a creative media company. However, according to one of the insiders, some of those same CEOs are well aware there is a problem with Chapek's leadership. One of the biggest issues facing Chapek right now is his handling of 
Florida's Parental Rights and Education Bill, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill. The company's original decision to remain quiet was the first major decision Chapek made after Bob Iger fully retired and no longer had the title of executive chairman. The move angered thousands of cast members who walked off the job in protest. The insider also pointed out the issues that Chapek's decision had on the board, which is run by Susan Arnold, who is openly gay. Well, while Chapek eventually backtracked and said that Disney was opposed to the bill, from the start, that only happened after the major Disney players, including former CEO Bob Iger, spoke out against the bill. Disney eventual statement has put Bob Chapek in the position of having both sides angry at him at the same time. One and unmanned executive not associated with Disney said that Disney could have spoken up since the beginning because there was really nothing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis could do about it. Uh, anyways, in a nutshell, all it's saying is Chapek is right now he's in the hot seat with his uh, gay employees, with his gay board members that choose his uh, destiny. He's on the hot seat with conservatives. He's on the hot seat with everybody, and he's got 11 months left on his contract. It will be interesting to see whether or not Chapek sticks as CEO of the, one of the biggest entertainment corporations in the world, the Walt Disney Company. Um, but like I said, he's in hot water nonetheless, and we'll have to see where this goes. And Disney Insider isn't the only uh, news article out today that's hitting this. Newsmax Magazine today, Tuesday, April 5th, 2022, an opinion piece by James Hearson. Disney now caught in its own mousetrap. And he says, he basically just regurgitates everything I've already said. Uh, he's saying that Disney has painted itself into a corner. The predicament in which the entertainment media giant now finds itself is one that is self-made. It is also one from which the company is unlikely to escape unscathed. Some of the policies implemented in statements recently made by a number of Disney top-level executives have created a backlash from all sides of the ideological and cultural spectrum. And the whole thing might, may wind up being one of the worst public relation disasters in the history of corporate Hollywood. Uh, so there you have it. Yep, you heard it here first, but now uh, it seems like everybody else is jumping on board. Uh, Disney, Dick, uh, Chapek, the whole nine yards in some hot water. And um, yeah. Okay. So another thing that I wanted to talk about was New York. New York, they, uh, the governor over there, which seems to be a very interesting character. And when I say interesting character, I don't mean that in a good way. But New York City Mayor uh, Eric Adams said that he is going to mandate masks uh, once again or uh, continue to, uh, to have the mask mandate for children aged two to four. Now, can you imagine having a two to four-year-old and trying to keep them in a mask all day at preschool, wherever they're at, et cetera? Well, Eric Adams said the city would mandate children ages two to four to continue wearing masks after a judge issued an order in favor of his administration. Every decision we make is with our children's health and safety in mind. Children between two and four should continue to wear their mask in school and daycare come Monday, the Democratic mayor said on Twitter on April 1st. And no, folks, it was not an April Fool's joke. So this new statement from uh, Adams, <laughs> Mr. Adams, is causing a hate storm from uh, parents. Here's one incident where he was... Um, he was getting yelled at by parents and activists when he showed up at a uh, at the Barrymore Theater in New York City, and uh, there's some profanity here. 
It's a little, it's a little profanity lace. So, uh, uh, but here, let's take a look at it real quick. Uh, I love, I love listening to these parents so pissed off. Here they go. Well, I feel the love. Don't you feel the love? Uh, that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, then he also came out and um, here. This is this is this is this is the the this video here. There's no audio on it uh, because this was immediately after. I think this was last Friday night. Uh, so in the midst of everything, with him saying that you know you've got to mask your kids, blah blah blah, for whatever reason, um, here he is being the the ultra player that he is at a New York club. Uh, well within six feet with some uh is that an actress next to him she looks familiar i don't know but there he is up in the club jamming out and for those of you listening to audio only it's basically a picture of him at a club bobbing his head nobody's masked up and this is the same gentleman that is requiring toddlers to mask up in new york city the same guy that changed their diet to a vegan diet in the schools and all this other kind of nonsense uh so he's been going pretty viral on tiktok here's one more that i'm going to get to uh, because this guy, it, it, it's, 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 it's just, it, they're pissed. They're pissed in New York. Here, hold on, let me bring this up full size. This is where you should be spending your night. Hold on, let me rewind it so you guys can see it. Yo, Mayor Eric Adams. This is where you should be spending your night. Not raising the roof with some females who are half in the bag drinking champagne. This is my world. This is coming into the Sliwa Club, the subways, the place you're never seen in. And I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because I, I, I already... Ran across statistics and statistics with mass kids and toddlers and vaccinated and uh, the toddler rate of that two to four it doesn't change scientifically it doesn't change whether they're masked or unmasked and it's the same as other students in schools that are apparently above that age that are I, I guess not being masked in New York I I don't know exactly exactly the details of what's going on but I do know this uh, that there was this picture that was posted of a school and it brought up a very interesting i know i say interesting a lot whenever i say interesting that's just code word for i found something fucked up so this picture let me get it up for those of you that watch on youtube this picture is uh it doesn't really okay it's at a high school iowa city schools brought in a dei specialist for pride con and so she's got her slideshow up here and if you look really good really close right here and it's talking about a brief history on pride and the on the left side it says the first pride parade started in 1970 but rivera and other transgender people were uh discriminated against and discouraged from participation and then on the right side it's got a big pop out explosion of text and it says and i'm quoting this directly it says we owe pride to black and transgender women who throw bricks at cops? Well, okay. All right. To, to be fair, her shoulder is covering the sea. 
but tell me another word that could be in an OPS. I'm pretty sure it's cops. <laughs> I can't verify this 100%, but it sure does look like. So how do you feel about that? Like some, uh, some, some pride month, uh, external educator coming into your Iowa school and preaching that we owe pride to black and transgender women who throw bricks at cops. Now I'll be first to say there might be a couple of people that have thrown a brick at a cop car that I might've patted on the back, but at the same time, you're going to go into a public school and start proclaiming this to the children. Uh, come on, man. Where's, where's the line? Where's the line? Where's the line? Where's the line? Uh, I, okay. So let's get, let's get into like the insane <clears throat> teachers that we find all the time. And, uh, here's another one. I'm going to blow this up because the interesting thing that this guy says is he's talking about how the indoctrination of heterosexual lifestyle and kids. And yes, I do know. And he's not it. a fan of it. Hold on. Let me pause this. Another... I'm talking over him. I'm, you heard his lisp cutting through. And of course, this is a TikTok, so it's a little disjointed, et cetera. But here we go. Here it is. It starts with this first teacher saying that she's gay and she supports the bill in Florida. And then Mr. Blue Haired Rainbow Bright comes in and he starts talking about some other stuff. And just let's just give it a listen. Gay and I 1000% support this bill, not only because. Hi, I'm a queer teacher and I 1000% do not support this bill. And yes, I do know what's in it in itself is just another way to stigmatize the LGBTQ plus community. Kids as young as three and four are actually aware of their gender identity, even if they don't have the language for it. Also very aware of who they like and who they don't like. Heterosexuality is pushed on our kids on a daily basis at a very young age. Media, through books. Heterosexuality is pushed on kids on a daily basis through books, through other, etc. Uh, no shit. That's the default assignment. That's the that's that's the standard. That's the norm. Heterosexuality. That is the standard. Okay? What do you mean it's pushed on? It's he's acting like it's a bad thing. That the that the that the default setting in humans is pushed on children. Let me rewind that just a little bit. Let's let's just listen to this again because I, I know I stop. It's just that I get so pissed off when I hear the nonsense coming out of this rainbow bright unicorn freak's mouth that I it just it's very disheartening. Here we go again. Check him out. Listen to him. Listen to what he's saying. Who they don't like. Heterosexuality is pushed on our kids on a daily basis at a very young age. Media through books. The first Disney movie that you saw. To say that pre-K through third grade are not ready for such topics is actually internalized homophobia and transphobia very much ready for these topics and are way more accepting than adults when it comes to discussing these topics and talk about gender gender assumptions pronouns all the things and it is child development appropriate and age appropriate it's literally created as just another means to other queer people basically say that us existing is not normal yeah. <sighs> These are the people that are teaching the kids. Um, you know, when, I, when I'm saying heterosexuality is the default setting, I mean, it, it really is. Biologically, that is the default. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I, I, the, the, the movement itself calls anything other than heterosexuality alternative, an alternative lifestyle. I don't know if they still use that term or not, but it's alternative to the standard. Um, so don't give me this crap that heterosexuality is being forced. No, it's it, that is the standard in, and in that age, 
three to, and I'm also curious. He's all uh, three to four. They they understand sexuality, gender identity, even though they don't have words to explain it. Well, how the fuck do you know if they don't have words to explain it? How are you reading into these three and four year olds' minds and uh, and coming to that conclusion? I, I would really like to know the answer to that. But anyways, you know, just more bullshit, uh, bullshit in our teachers. Yes, I know not all teachers are bad, but these bad apples are freaking vocal as hell. Uh, another interesting story that the Seattle uh, Museum, like we've seen many times before in other organizations, uh, the Seattle Museum Summer Camp teaches 12-year-olds the art of drag. We've seen this in public libraries. Uh, we did a, uh, 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 a story about this not too long ago where they were doing it in a school uh, they were teaching the art of drag to, it was about the same age, about 12-year-old. A uh, bunch of parents came up in arms, and they canceled the event. Well, this one is one that's happening in Seattle. A, a Seattle museum is hosting a summer camp for kids as young as 12 years old that encourages them to find their drag personas. The event titled Dragtastic Summer Camp, The Art of Drag, is being offered by the Museum of Pop Culture in Seattle, Washington, and states that individuals ages 12 to 18 can attend. The week-long camp will give individuals 12 to 18 the chance to investigate drag history while also creating their own drag persona. And I quote, calling all current and future kings and queens explore self-expression at MOPOP's week-long dragtastic summer camp led by Seattle performa, performer Joshua Hancock. Hancock. Is that a real name? Is that is that a real name? Han, Han, it's missing a D. Hancock. Han. Han Okay, let's proceed. I'm not going to get hung up on that. You'll investigate drag history and work together with local artists to create your own personas, the event description states. As part of the event, participants will also choose a drag name, learn hair and makeup techniques, as well as developing your children's, your character's stage presence. Ah, nice, nice. You'll choose a name, explore hair and makeup techniques, develop your character's stage uh, presence, the description states. At the end of the camp, participants will get to celebrate the new drag personas with a private showcase. The cost to attend the camp is $370 until May 31st, then rises to $400 for the week-long camp. A spokesperson for the museum told Fox News that they are proud to offer drag for young people to win core self-expression. The spokesperson said, and I quote, we celebrate creativity with all members of our community as a core part of our mission. Like any other arts enrichment program, we are proud to offer an opportunity for young people to use drag to explore self-expression through creating characters and performances that express and uplift their unique identities. So if you want to sign up, uh, I guess you could definitely do that. That's you have until May 31st. No, $400. No, that's for the rate of 370 Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, this gaze for Trump in the comments, that's kind of funny. When I went to summer camp in the 1970s, we made candles, fished, went canoeing, and identified types of trees by their leaves. That's true. Isn't it amazing how things have changed? Then Blue Daughter commented underneath, I did all that at camp too. We also learned the different ways to cook using campfire. Great times. Well, yeah, but this is this is not what they're doing. They're not teaching you the difference of the leaves. They're teaching you the differences. Of, I, I don't know. It's just so, uh, it's, 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 it's like overwhelming the flood of this nonsense that is just keep on getting pressed and pushed upon the youth of this nation. And um, I mean, I, I just don't think it's normal. I don't. Call me old fashioned. Call me whatever you will. 
I just do not think it's normal. Um, okay, so let's get on to another, another, another teacher, uh, one of our uh, elite, the finest that are teaching our kids. And this was Miss Schaefer. She's an English teacher out of uh, for the Orville Tigers. And she explains how, regardless of what's going on, how she hides, uh, you know, CRT and LGBTQAI plus methodology in her teaching. Here we go. Let's take a little listen. When you go to credential school to learn how to be a teacher, you learn about something called the hidden curriculum. The hidden curriculum. You know, she's throwing me off a little bit here because she doesn't have the typical nose ring, which would I associate with a militant LGBTQAI plus uh, soldier in the classroom. Um, so I think she's incognito doing a little James Bond double agent going undercover without the nose ring. But anyways, back to what she's saying. Curriculum refers to the subtle messages and lessons that kids learn in your classroom through the choices you make in what you teach, how you teach it, and how you run your class. It's why you're not supposed to use red ink on correcting papers anymore because it teaches kids that their mistakes are more prominent than the things they do well. It's why when we read authors of color, I always include a picture of them. And when we read LGBT authors, I always announce that this person is LGBT so that kids can see that these authors deserve a place in the classroom and in their curriculum. So I would argue that my student was learning when I exempted his assignments. He learned that his mental and emotional health is more important than getting his homework done. Because when you're a teacher, you're always teaching way more than just your subject matter. You go to credential school. Oh, there we go. All right. That's it. Yeah. Can't use red on the children's quizzes because if you uh, are are identifying what they do wrong and not paying attention to what they do right, you are a horrible teacher. You can't use red. Uh, There's other stories going on uh, like this where in Rhode Island. uh, Let me see if I can find it in Rhode Island. Here it is right in here. So in Rhode Island, the um, the Rhode Island school board of a certain district, I forget what district it was, basically what they did. Uh, it was Barrington High School. Rhode Island is removing honors classes to be more equitable. You know, that's the same theology with this last teacher was talking about where you can't use red to highlight mistakes because it doesn't highlight what they did right. That same thought process, that thing, that same tract of just dysfunctional thinking and what doesn't really work when you're an adult. Uh, is going on Rhode Island where they're wanting to remove honors classes because they want it to be more equal so that the dumb kid is just as bright as your honor student. Basically, that's what, what you know, come on, every, everybody's exactly equal. doesn't matter if you're dumb as rocks or you're a genius. We're going to treat you equally, um, which, you know, the thing is cream rises to the top and there's no way around it. That's kind of how it works. You know, some people do a lot better than others and the people that do a lot better get better jobs. They, they It's just survival of the fittest in a way you can't just like assume that every kid is equal but parents in rhode island they're having a fit over it and let's just check this out dan patrice tonight's meeting saw more than 40 people speak in a lively school committee school committee meeting here at barrington high school and it's one where a lot of people express frustration and confusion Barrington parents, students, and taxpayers looking for answers. English less important than math or science. After the school district, widely considered one of the best in Rhode Island, decided to remove certain high school honors courses earlier this month. By creating these learning inequalities, you are hurting our town. 
and the students most of all. Starting next school year, BHS honors programs for English and social studies courses for 9th and 10th graders will not be available. The district says the change makes classes more equitable, but many folks worry the removal hurts students. What DeLatlin has done is erased a problem it has not solved it. To remove choice, opportunity, reward, and challenge, and support in the name of fairness for all is just about the most individually unfair thing I've ever heard. Some raise concerns ranging from confusion over course selection all the way to AP readiness. You cannot tell me that removing honors will help our kids be better prepared for AP courses. It will not. It cannot. Others even calling for action. I implore the school committee to vote to restore honors, courses, and conceptual courses in the 2022-2023 calendar year. Principal Joseph Hurley says he wants to revisit the change in the coming months. I think part of the issue that we have run into is we've made some very quick decisions on some of these things, and then we've had to backtrack and, and continue to backtrack. I want this to be done right. Uh, I want this to be something where um, it's, it's going to be good for kids. Which we but tonight, parents hoping it happens sooner rather than later. So please, return us to where you were and figure out what you're doing. Damn. And Principal Hurley did say earlier that he wants to bring back a dis honors distinction for English and social studies in the fall. However, there was no vote taken and no details were released. They're hoping to have more on those coming up in May when the school committee did ask for a more thorough report about data and communication as well to the school department. Live in Barrington, Cal Domowski, NBC 10 News 19. Boom. There you go. So it's uh, not teachers not happy about it. It's just nonsense. The, the the amount of absurdity that is happening in our society with our kids. I, I know I talk a lot about these stories about the kids in the classroom and these insane teachers because it's important because these are the these are our future generations. You know, uh, it's not fair to these kids. It's not fair to parents. It's not fair to a lot of things. And uh, it needs to be paid attention to paid attention to because kids are our most important re uh, resource. You know what I mean? Uh, so anyways, let's get out of here. Uh, what do I have? Anyways, this is Jake with Radio Underland. And you can hit me up at jake at radiounderland.com. And uh, yeah, we're just going to scoot along. And uh, I will see you next time. When I move my body just like this, I don't.